Hello and welcome back to Bourbon and Stuff. This is Carolyn from Bourbon and Stuff. And as always, here is my husband, E. Hello. And I'm also going to put the pen away so you don't have to hear my clicking. <laughs> so today we are doing um, something that probably a lot of you actually can't get a hold of. Yeah, it's it's... And for those that have the ability to get it, you probably aren't going to find it in the stores at this point. Yeah. So what we have our hands on is Kirkland 22-year Speyside Single Malt Scotch. That is Kirkland as in Costco. Yes. So certain states don't have the ability to purchase liquor from a Costco. And some states just don't have Costcos. Yeah. Um, but the 22-year Speyside from Kirkland, um, a lot of people clamored about how amazing this was, and pretty much everywhere, it got bought up really fast, so we were really, really lucky to find this one day when we went into our Costco liquor store. Uh -huh. And neither E nor I are truly uh, scotch lovers. We can't appreciate it. And we do have a small growing uh, collection of scotch. Uh, but this was one of those ones where we saw it on the shelf and... Well, how much did we spend on this? <laughs> we spent $80 on it. Yeah. And we spent, <laughs> we spent $80 on it going in blind. <laughs> I mean, with, but, ju with just the knowledge that it's 22 years old, it's a single malt, it's a Speyside, which is the predominant style of scotch that I believe both you and I are fans of. Yeah. Well, is it is the the other collections that we have Speyside? Yes. And... The, the Glenmores you like are Speyside. Yeah, side. okay. Uh, the Dalmore, I don't know. I think that might be a Highland, but... Talisker? Talisker is an Isla. Okay. Which is the super smoky. Yeah. Um... But a lot of the ones that you've gravitated towards are picking space up side. are space sides. Okay. And that's what this is. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be less on the smoky and earthy side of things and more on the sweet, fruity, floral, and potentially ashy mm -hmm. side of things. So, uh, as we said, this is a $8 bottle. It is not an obscene size. It's uh, a $750. It's mil. a $750. You know, a lot of. People know that Costco is known for their large things, and don't get me wrong, we that's do have said. an obscenely large bottle of single malt from them. That... Actually, that's a uh, a blended scotch that's oh, okay. 12 years. But, there you go. Um, <laughs> and it is the size of a small child. It is. Um, but this comes in at 46% ABV, or 92 proof. Um, this was aged for the majority of its life in ex-bourbon barrels, which is very common for scotch, for those that aren't aware, and it is finished for a minimum of six months in Oloroso sherry casks. So this is a sherry cask finished 22-year-old uh, Speyside. <laughs> yep. So if that doesn't uh, give you a draw towards spending the $80 on it, I don't know what will. Yeah, and frankly, you're not going to find a 22-year-old scotch that's a single malt at the $80 price range, literally anywhere else. Yeah. This is a real one-off. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to say something, and I know you're probably tired of hearing about COVID bullshit, but I do apologize. I know that a bourbon and whiskey podcast probably is not the thing that you want to focus on, and I do appreciate everyone listening to us right now. 
because I know that for a lot of people, all of the bars, the nightclubs, and oftentimes the liquor stores right now are being closed. So uh, we feel for you. I hope that those of you who listen have your own collection to enjoy at home. Your own private stash enough to last you through the quarantine if you are one of those people stuck in quarantine. Yeah, or if you've chosen to quarantine yourself or your job has chosen to kick y'all out to quarantine yourselves. Yeah, and I probably by the time that this is being aired may be working from home, so who knows? Yeah, so uh, thankfully we've got about 300 bottles to go through and we'll just keep on putting these guys out for you and once E starts um, working from home, we may even kind of up the release to give you guys something to listen to and to enjoy. Give you some extra content to tide you through this crazy, hectic point in 2020. And I will say now, for those of you who are listening, if you should ever want to be involved in an episode of just kind of shooting the shit, enjoying conversation, talking about what your favorites are, what's hard for you to find, what you'd like to try... You know, any of that, we can set something up so that we can all talk together and upload that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will go ahead and take a break from here, and we will be right back with all of the nosing and tasting. Cheers. Okay, and we are back with the nosing and tasting, and let's get right into it. Sounds like a plan. Okay, so it is a little ashy <laughs> on the nose. Really ashy. That is that is one of the the most forward uh, notes that I'm picking up. I'm also getting, oddly enough, a bit of that dark fruit sweetness on no, the nose. Yeah, I, it's definitely like malt heavy, mm, deep. It rich, is very malty. Yeah, stewed fruits. And I dare say a bit of citrusiness too. Yeah, um, I get a little bit of <laughs> of what pencil shavings. Okay, so you're talking like number two pencils. Yes, like when you sharpen a pencil and you get that that hit of like, you know, wood. Okay, so yeah, that that's probably the best way to describe the the oak influence on this particular uh, bottle. That it it's yeah. It's number two pencil and ash. It's not it's not oak. (laughs) It's like number two pencil that has a little bit of charcoal. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm not going to try to alliterate. You're good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into tasting. I'm not going to clink your glass because we're going to respect some sort of semblance of social distancing. Clean glass. <laughs> Clean glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's the ash. Yeah. So the first thing that you're going to taste is ash. That's not bad, though. It's actually not aggressive. Yeah, it tastes like ash. And it does taste like ash. And um, it delves into that sweetness. The, that... the malty sweetness is what it it, it fades into mm-hmm. or transitions into yeah. from the ashiness. Um, and then that, I almost say, like, dark, syrupy plum. Okay. I mean, I'll give that to you. Um, but there's also some sort of, like, sugary sweetness to it as mm-hmm. well. Like, be it caramel, brown sugar, somewhere in that realm. I'd say it's closer to brown sugar from that maltiness. I don't know why, but malt, like that malt sweetness that I get in single malts, it very much reminds me always of like a light or faint brown sugar, okay. but this one's a little bit more pronounced. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I'm getting, very 
heavily on the finish is iodine and saline. I'm, I'm getting the iodine, but I don't really have any um, any mental points for the taste profile that you're picking up for saline. Okay, imagine going to the beach on a summer day and just like smelling the air. No, I, I, I get that. Um, I'm not picking that up on this, oh, but fine. at the same time, when it comes to like uh, salted caramels, I don't pick up on the salt. Okay. Unless, unless that is the most overpowering thing and I only taste salt, but Okay, yeah. so your palate's um, just not wired it, that it, way. It isn't, okay, and, and that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, I, I'd love to try to like kind of train your palate to identify sure. stuff like that because, you know, going through culinary school, my palate was trained <laughs> like crazy. Especially with chocolate. Oh, Lord have mercy, yes. That was a miserable day. Um... But yeah, uh, so yeah, it's definitely iodine heavy towards the end because yeah. it has that kind of like tongue numbing medicinal, A bit. like it's almost like you put peroxide on your tongue and it gives you that like, like weird kind of numb feel. Yeah. Um, overall though, I've got to say this has a surprising depth of flavor. It is. And at 46%, I mean, th this is just so syrupy. And it drinks really well. It drinks very easily. Yeah. Um, we have lower proof products that are in the 80 to 85 range that drink like uh, jet hotter. fuel. Yeah. So this drinks absolutely beautifully. I think that all of that plum and like syrupy sweetness is coming through from the Oloroso. Absolutely. Um, I don't get any sort of oak influence at all with this, which is really, really strange. Uh, it's more just... Uh, ashy and a little bit more of those wood shavings. Well, it's, it's probably because uh, you and I are used to American whiskey that yeah. uses new oak, and this is ex-bourbon, yeah. uh, yeah. so a lot of those wood tannins are pulled out before the single malt ever even touches the wood. Mm -hmm. um, I dare say I'd almost expect this to um, be aged or finished in like a Pedro Jimenez cask instead of an Oloroso sherry, because... Oloroso is a very dry, nutty versus Pedro Jimenez, which is very sweet and fruity. Like it's, um, I, I wouldn't doubt that they also use those as well. <laughs> I mean, it. We don't know. It's, it's possible. We don't know what it's made out of. We don't know who it actually comes from. Yeah, it's it's sourced, and they aren't disclosing who the actual distiller is for this particular product. But that's okay. NDAs exist for a reason, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I. I'm not going to complain at this for $80. No, no, absolutely not. Um, okay, uh, with that being said, is it something that you'd want to keep on the shelf, buy more of, not buy again? I think I would get this again after this one is empty, but seeing as I'm not that... Scotch isn't my my go-to reach for a type of bottle. Mm -hmm. I have to be in a mood for scotch. So yeah. I think this one's going to last on the shelf for quite a while, but I would consider getting it again if you know, it somehow got drank pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that this is more likely to go out as samples or share yeah. with the 904 or any of the... Uh, Especially our, the scotch lovers Yeah, our the, lives. the scotch lovers, exactly. Um, this personally falls a bit more ashy than what I like. It's not unpleasant, and the ashiness doesn't linger at all. The iodine doesn't linger at all. It's yeah. one of those things where it's on your palate for about 
15 seconds and then it's gone. Yeah, it's not like smoky Islas that no, no. just overwhelm your palate and you're just done for the day. No, the only lingering effect that it has is like the iodine kind of leaves that kind of weird, tingly, almost numbing sensation on the tongue. So like the tip of my tongue feels a little strange, but uh, other than that, it's, it's not unpleasant. Um, I'm not a huge fan of aggressively smoky products, but yeah, like this... the the Talisker Storm that is that that fights you in not a pleasant way for me. It is the most briny, heavily iodined. Yeah, like almost fishy weird thing that I have ever tasted in my life. And that's after you've gotten past the wall of smoke. Yeah, and <laughs> and don't get me wrong. You can get past it, but I can get past it's it. It's there. It's there, though. And I, we're digressing, and I apologize for this, but one evening... We'll, e, we'll do Talisker Storm yeah, one day Yeah, absolutely. One evening, E gave me, um, what was it, three or four different... Peated. Yeah, uh, I started off with uh, a couple of Highlands and uh, moved into the Islas. And s doing that transition from uh, lower levels of peat to higher definitely allowed you to acclimate. It better. was pleasant because yeah. there was one, and you'll have to remind me of what it is. That's the like peat bomb that I'm not a huge fan of. By it was itself. either Logavulin or um, uh, Highland Park Dark Cove. Okay, so. One of those two. Uh, one that's the one in the little black bottle, right? The black bottle was Dark Cove. Okay. So, leading up to those, I had never by themselves been able to taste anything except for smoke, peat, unpleasantness. But drinking the, the lower peated products, the sweeter ones, and moving up made it so that it wasn't the smoke that I got first. It was, like, meaty and yeah. savory and fruity and then smoky and a little bit of band-aid and some iodine and it was fine no it's actually pleasant and i think that if we maybe started out with one of the glenmores sure and then moved on to this that this could open up in flavor a lot yeah absolutely okay so uh going back like you said this is something that i wouldn't necessarily uh buy again before it was finished um, it's not my go-to. This is not one that I'll sit around and drink, yeah. you know, every day. I might experiment with it a little bit. Maybe, like, be really crazy and try to make an old-fashioned out of it, just for shits and giggles. Or penicillin. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, I will say, if you're a scotch drinker, and you like Speysides, you like the, the ashy Speysides, this is an amazing bottle and a great price for it. Yeah, I think that $80 is a very, very good price for a 22-year product. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop rambling yep. because it's take, late. Take us out. And yeah, uh, please do check me out on Instagram. My username is bourbon underscore and underscore stuff. I apologize. I will never, ever, ever be able to change that. <laughs> and uh, thank you again for listening. Every episode that you listen to, it supports us in a new and exciting way. And if you should choose to support us by sharing the podcast with someone who you think might enjoy our ramblings that would be great or you can donate directly to the channel which would also be fantastic but listening is more than enough it is especially in times like this yeah and um with that remember that social distancing is important mm -hmm. and all whiskeys even 22 year old single malts are meant to be shared also from a distance wash your damn hands wash your damn hands you nasty mother. 